Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and unfortunately, a couple, about a week or so ago, we lost another one in the wrestling world. He was once known as Razor Ramon, but to most of us in the 1990s, he was known as the outsider Scott Hall, who died after complications of a hip surgery, which caused a blood clot to travel, causing three heart attacks. Tonight, we will be diverging some of the controversy surrounding his death, but also sharing our memories of him. I am Sadistic Sean David. I will be joined by our co-hosts momentarily. This is Rampage Rants, Thursday Night Turmoil, and we will be right back. Because I'm TNT. I'm Dynamite. ERN presents TNT on BTR with your host, Chaotic Katie, the Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane, and Sadistic Sean David. Strap in wrestling fans and get ready, because it's TNT and it's dynamite. My name is Sadistic Sean David. This is Rampage Rants, Thursday Night Turmoil, live on the Evolution Radio Network, exclusively live on Blog Talk Radio, a proud production of Rampage Productions. I am joined this evening by none other than the mistress that holds me accountable anymore because we've lost the old man. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the airwaves our own Chaotic Katie. Uh, yes, folks, the reason why this show will never be a bag of dicks, bring on her, ever, co-host. Well, in order to do that, I have to load this up, so just bear with me. It's been a while. Oh, my. Oh, my. Um, it's been a while. I hope I still have it. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, please help me and Katie welcome the brand new permanent co-host on the Evolution Radio Network of Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil and the alternating weeks of Wrestling Authority Radio. The man that is responsible for yours truly still being a part of the wrestling business. He is none other than my trainer, my good friend, and a 2019 icon of the Illinois Valley. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the Sultan of Slither. This is Sin. Yay. Thank you so much, man. Uh, I'm happy to be on the show. What can I say? It's exciting. Uh, I've been watching a lot of wrestling lately. Got a lot of opinions to throw out there. Um, you know, on the Scott Hall, the Scott Hall thing you said earlier, I had one chance to beat him. I was booked on the same show as him for the Juggalos, and wires got crossed, and they didn't get me my information, so I didn't make it there. So oh. my one Scott Hall story I missed. um we are saddened by his death however tonight we're gonna we're gonna bust this way egg wide open um a lot of people know that the man had some substance issues we know that uh ddp did take him in rehabilitate him the same way he did with jake um and and from what everybody knew he was on the up and up now i have seen the rumors and speculation out there that he may have been using again before this fall that led to I him breaking that. his hip. Um, I don't know if it's true. We're going to consider that rumors and speculation at this point. Let the toxicology report and autopsy come back. Um, we do know he suffered three heart attacks because of the blood clot traveling. Um, here's what Jim Cornette had to say about that. I don't have the clip, but I, I have some, most of it memorized. He stopped the substance use, yes, but when you're a wrestler doing pills to deal with pain issues and other recreational substances, street drugs, we'll say, um, sooner or later, and, and being a wrestler in general, your body's going to catch up with you. And we think that's kind of what happened with, the, uh, with Scott Hall. Um, but we're also not here to shed dark light on him. We just want to make the facts apparent. Um, that man is responsible for probably the greatest match of psychology that I ever um, had to watch as a student of sin, and that was Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon, WrestleMania 10, the latter match. Oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, yeah, Jesus. One of the best. Uh, I mean, the the ladder match that defined ladder matches and what they are today. You know what I mean? I, right. They work together so beautifully. I'll agree with you. It's been a while since since my memory thought about it. But, yeah, that was a hell of a match. Yeah, it was one of the best IC title matches. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would put above it is maybe Mr. Perfect and Bret Hart. I believe that was at SummerSlam one year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, look, that was hard to live up to. Um, but yeah. also, if you're, if you're a longtime wrestling fan like Finn and I, you go back and look at Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, WrestleMania three. Oh. Yeah, that, to me, when I was a kid, when I was a kid and I saw that, I wanted to be in the WWE, and winning the IC title was more important than the heavyweight title, because I always looked at it as the IC title was the wrestler's title, and then just the big guys that maybe didn't work as well back then were, were the world title guys. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, you know. Um, the IC has always been a prestigious title. I mean, no matter who has held it, and uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, you had to say his name, didn't you? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Um, well, don't even, man. Don't even. I can't. a little hot and bothered. The only thing that'll yeah. get her more hot and bothered than that is if her favorite man, B. Brian Blair, calls in and starts flirting with her again. <laughs> oh God! Don't even start. That's that's flirt fest, man. That's <laughs> flirt fest. Yeah. It's a competition. I'm winning three one. <laughs> you can stop. Yeah, but no, um, I can still remember what Ricky the Dragon Steamboat smells like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. Um, so getting back to Scott Hall, you know, Razor Ramon, aka Scott Hall, um, had an illustrious career. We we got to go back and take a look at this. It's kind of what we do when somebody yeah. passes. Um, yeah. Early career, eighty four to eighty five. Trained by Hero Hero oh God, Steve's gonna kick me from his grave for this. He's gonna laugh about this too. Okay, come Hero on, Matsuda. That is that correct. Yes. Yeah. That's not bad. That was almost that was almost butchered. Just so you know. You you, you, know you pronounced it correctly. That. You pronounced it correctly. You're good, buddy. You know what, Sin? I'm glad that you can pronounce some of those names because well, <laughs> unless they're in front of me and I'm looking right at them, yeah. I ain't doing shit. Yeah, I'm a little. I'm, a, um, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little behind on my Japanese wrestling, but you know, I, I know some of the older guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, if Paul, if you watch if you watch Impact right after Impact is is New Japan. So, oh, yeah. I should do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. All the way '84, working yeah. for uh, for Championship Wrestling from for- Florida, and shortly after his debut, he got to he got to feud with the American Dream, baby. Oh, nice. Um, him oh, and yeah. Dan Spivey were a tag team. Um, not a big fan of Dan Spivey. I just want to yeah. point out, Dan, Dan Spivey's had more tag team partners than anybody else in the history of wrestling. Well, <laughs> okay. Um, I, I will have to agree with that. He was part of the AWA during its dying days from 85 to 89. Um but it, oh, I, I believe was it AWA where uh, they hooked him up with uh, Kurt Henning for a while. I believe. Yes, yes, and that's where they had the 58-minute match in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah, that was he was Damn, tearing shit down back then. Him. Excuse my language. He was tearing it down. Oh, you're back fine. Then. You're fine. You, he, just he can't, you just can't use the big one. Say, okay, oh, I, okay, okay we're we're gonna. I we're can't. Gonna I talk can't say flat. Hold on. Hold, no, you can't say that. I'm sorry. Say it again. Flabbergasted? <laughs> yeah, you can say that one. Okay. But no, we can't. We can't. F-bombs, you're allowed two F-bombs per show. I'll you just say yes. shut the Why? front door. I'll just say shut the yeah. front door when I don't leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um, all good. You're you know, you know you're handicapping me here. I am sin and I can't cuss. Oh, my God. Oh, you can cuss. <laughs> <laughs> You just can't use the big one. Eat, bite, fuck, suck, nibble, gobble, chew. I said the big one. So, yeah, I just used my, my one of my two uh, F-bombs. Now, a lot of people... It, it counts. A lot of people in the 90s don't remember that Hall was a part of the WWF before he went to WCW. Then he did international promotions where he joined New Japan. And then he returned to WCW till 92... Oh. And it wasn't until 92 that he came to the WWF as Razor Ramon. I didn't. You know, I did not know that much history about him. I didn't. Oh, yeah, he was the Diamond Stud. That's when he was in WCW. Yes, I do recall that. 
he was the diamond stud, came in. Um, something bothered me. Like, I was just watching a general, you know, YouTube video that was talking uh-huh. about wrestlers who died. And, All right. and the fact that they were talking about his death and like, yes, Vince McMahon came up with a gimmick for him to be, you know, Scarface or whatever. And I'm like, that's not how it happened. <laughs> Razor actually came up with that idea. And Vince didn't wow. even know, well, never had seen the movie. But then Scott started doing it for him. And he's like, oh, that's good. So they decided to go with it. Yeah, so that was that was 100 percent Scott Hall, that idea. Well, hey, it, it worked. Worked for me. I tell you what. You know, <laughs> yep, never yep. mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> You're just thinking of sweaty tan men. Yeah, I'll leave that up for. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that up for. Shut up! I'll leave that up for a nickel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we know we talked about his biggest feud. Um. You know, the, the various feuds he had as Razor Ramon. Um, you know, his exit from the WWF we do have to talk about um, because it was controversial. And we're going to have uh, two professionals talk about this tonight. Um, his, his basic um, exit, a lot of you will know as what is called, if you're in the wrestling business, as the infamous curtain call. This the happened killer of the business. This happened at Madison Square Garden, which was Vince's home. Um, basically, they came out and all hugged in a cage, and it had never been done before. Um, it was bad. This this is something that Jim Cornette still shits on to this day, and I don't blame him. You don't. Now, do when this. you say when you say they, that means Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall all hugged in the ring. That is the, uh, and, the official claim. And, and, and Sean Waltman, one, two, three. Sean Waltman, yeah, yeah. Sean Waltman, forgot about that one. But yeah, they, um, they hugged in the ring. At, no, they couldn't punish anybody else but Hunter. So yeah, that wasn't pretty. No, they weren't going to punish Sean at the time for it because he was their he was their uh, money your cash cow. But this this really became the downfall of Hunter Hearst Elmsley in that era. Um, and it, look, the, I'm going to call this as a promoter, and I think Sin would call it the same way as a former promoter. And after I say this, we'll let Sin kind of explain his time in the business and get back to this. But as a promoter myself, I would never allow this. If this happened, they'd all be fired. Steve Kane would agree with me. This, this was, you didn't do this back in the day. It, it, it might get done now because people are stupid, but uh, this is something that killed the business, and I'll let it. Sin explain why and then his brief history and we'll come back to it. Okay, for me. Okay, as an indie promoter in Illinois, maybe this isn't something I'd flip out over. You know, you know what I mean? Or if they're right. going to another state. That's not a big deal. But when you're running national TV, when you have a promotion that you can get syndicated air and you know you're competing against another promotion with syndicated air, you know, you don't want people finding footage, especially in the day and age of the internet, of your, you know, heels and faces hugging in the middle of the ring before they skip promotion, a couple of them. It just makes your whole business look bad. And to to add insult to injury, it was in Madison Square Garden, and we all know how Vince feels about Madison Square Garden. You know, that's just, that's his spot. You know what I mean? That's, That's where WWE was built. 
So as a promoter, just a horrible <laughs> slap in the face, which you in a horrible situation. Yeah. I mean, these guys are leaving. You know, I just don't understand how it happened. I don't think that would happen today. I think wrestlers are reined in enough now to where that would never fly. Um, I mean, sometimes what? things would, uh, like like the curtain call, would never have flown today. Like, those oh, wrestlers would have not no, gotten to the, the hugging, ring. The hugging would, ha- would happen because it did happen. Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and, and Taker. So it has happened. No, what I'm saying, though, is yeah. I'm saying in modern era, if they were running in Madison Square Garden and two of their guys were leaving to, say, work at AEW, okay, and they know this, and they know the guys are friends and back, and the two guys work the main, there would be somebody standing by that door at Gorilla making sure the other guys didn't go out there. I'm just saying it wouldn't happen today. Yeah, exactly. No, it wouldn't happen. You know, and and it's really, I don't know, as a worker, um, if I was in that situation, even if they're my friends, I would feel really bad about that, especially really bad about the situation. We talked a bit about this. Uh, Levesque was put in with Paul Levesque, which is Triple H. The position he was put in because of this, he had to take all the heat. He went on with a two-year losing streak, jobbed out poorly at WrestleMania, his worst WrestleMania showing, I believe it was. Wasn't that Ultimate Warrior right after that? Yes. Yeah, that's he when they brought Warrior. Him, but... Warrior. Yeah, he pedigreed and Warrior got back up and beat him. It was a yeah, very that short was... match. It was, it was bad. Well, that's, that goes to the history of the Ultimate Warrior, which we will divulge on another night, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, but they, I mean, like I said, I mean, really, Hall and Nash kind of left their boy behind to eat the damage for him. I, I don't yeah. I, H still gets along with him, but I don't know how I'd feel about that if it was right. Me. He's like, see ya, I'm gone. Yeah, some of them are like, see ya. Sean's like, hey, they can't hurt me. And H is like, oh, I guess I'm screwed. <laughs> but luckily, you know, they gave another chance to win multiple world titles. So there you go. Um, Finn, why don't you yeah. tell us a little bit about your history? You've been around 25 years. We brought to the attention that you're responsible for my training, but your history goes back even longer than that. Uh, yeah. Uh, start from day one. Uh, when I got in the business, I'm, I'm an old fart. When I got in the business, there was only five <laughs> promoters in Illinois because you had to have a license in Illinois to run an event. So there were five promoters. I got trained by one of them at the House of Pain by Tim Lyle and Brian Lyle. Uh, Together, they were great. Tim, really good on the psychological aspects and working out the kinks of my character when I first started. Um, Before I knew what I wanted Sin to be, he helped me in some direction. Um, Brian, straight up, I would meet with Brian four or five times a week, and we'd work out in the ring three hours a day. We, We were monsters. That's all we wanted to do is chain wrestle and work out and you know, do maneuvers. He just, from a just great worker standpoint, uh, that's all Brian. Brian was fantastic. Brian Lyle, great guy. Um, from there, uh, my path had kind of run its course with Powerhouse at that time. And uh, early in my career, I was afraid to branch out. I mean, I had offers in Michigan and stuff. I was taken up with this guy named Adam, and we were Adam Evenson. 
Um, and we had a lot of people interested in our tag team, and he was trying to get me to go out of state and take a lot of bookings. But at the time, I was really naive. And uh, I felt like, well, you know, I don't want to burst this bubble I'm in because I know like three of the five promoters in Illinois, you know, and I don't want to piss anybody off. But in hindsight, I should have really just taken the bookings. He was smart. Um, he moved back to Bangor, Maine, and uh, was in PWO, PWI top 500. Really well, good talent. Um, I didn't branch out until later. Uh, after that, I, I broke off from uh, uh, Powerhouse for a while. Um, I was friends with Kurt Razzo. There was talk of me going to RCW, but... It didn't quite work out. Um, I decided to start my own promotion. Um, ended up meeting a lot of guys from RCW anyway because of that. Ran my promotion for, I believe, I don't know, somewhere around the five-year mark. Um, and while I was doing that, I just, man, I was working multiple times a week. It was really kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, I've worked in all the states around here, met names, worked with names. Um, and uh, right now, I'll tell you right off the bat, Randy Orton's dad, Bob Orton, is fantastic. If you're from anywhere near the St. Louis area, the guy is class act. Um, uh, and he does have cool. a training school now. Oh uh, Well, uh, I would tell anybody to go to his training school. Bob, uh, Bob and I worked a match for a title. Um uh, help me with the promotion here. Uh, uh, at the time, it would have been Old School Wrestling Alliance, which later became Wrestling Past, Present, Future. Okay. Well, yeah, because I, I actually held their heavyweight title for a while. WPPW. Yep. That's what it was. Yeah, I held WPPF. WPPF. Oh, WPPF. Well, it's sad I was their world champion. I can't remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, in WPPF, uh, I got I uh we won into a match and we were main event and he was the champion at the time. And uh he he was he was hurt. But uh he he basically we talked some stuff and uh you know, we worked around it and it was a great match. Really fun match and I've worked with him on multiple occasions, but that match really impressed me because I knew he was hurt. And for him to wrestle through that was quite impressive at his age. Anyway, from there, I, I like I said, once I owned my own promotion, it seemed like everybody wanted a part of what I was doing, because that's what happens when you become a promoter. Um, when it ran its course, uh, I still continued to work for companies like Fire Pro Wrestling. I worked for Eric Freedom, WPPF, like I said. I've worked some shows in Chicago where Wild Child and I had become tag team champions for a while. Um, yeah, I guess I'm your typical journeyman wrestler in the respect of um, when I came in, uh, Illinois was kind of territoried off because there was only five factions. Once it became legal for everybody to run, it was really kind of crazy. I mean, the amount of booking you could get was insane. But I ended up uh, finishing up uh, my career. It ended up being in uh, by St. Louis. Uh, but where I really wanted to end it was in Ottawa. I worked Pondo, um, which was my first time working with Pondo, which was kind of cool, Madman Pondo. Um, uh, but I had some obligations as champion to go down and finish up there. And uh, yeah. so I did. So that's pretty much where I ended it around the age of 40. 
until I had to do, I ended up doing some charity shows for Princeton and uh, for Frankie. And uh, I was on a couple of those cards, but uh, I, I was pretty much retired by the age of, by, I would say about 16 years in. So about the last nine years, I haven't been as active, but I'm looking to get more back into it. Yes, and I'll just spoil some of the plans. Everybody knows uh, that's been a long listener of this podcast. In 2011, I was slated to run Streeter, Illinois. Finn was a big part of that those plans along with his wife, Mel Storm. Um, these two actually, if, if that would have gone off the ground the way it was supposed to, things in the Illinois Valley would be a lot different today. Um, we had a lot of stuff planned. It didn't go down the way it was supposed to, but um, also want to point out the fact that Finn and Mel were going to be a part of Wrestle Wars 3. Um, that was the benefit for Piper that unfortunately went south very quick. And then everybody knows that has followed this show because of the, the backlash of what happened with me trying to promote that event, that Finn was going to be a part of Rebellion Rising in Pontiac in 2019. Um, I owe everything that I have to this man and, and a couple others for taking a chance on me. And I appreciate that because believe me, he'll tell you, I came to the comic book store and practically begged. It was like, just please, I'm helping the other promotion. Just let me help. Let me, let me see if you see anything. Do you remember the wrestling boards that were then? That, that was like all the rage at that time. No, no yeah. pun intended. The uh, yes. title wrestling board. Yeah. Oh my God. People were giving me hell for training you on the Chicago wrestling board. And I was like, Hey, the kid's got a passion, wants to do this. And I'm not going to be the guy to turn them back. You know, this, for me, it had nothing to do about taking money for you or anything. I saw with how bad you wanted it. And, you know, we worked together to try to get you to where you want to be. And that's what's important. You know what I mean? So I, I had, I look at things differently. I, I may, you know, it's kind of funny because I look at things or I used to look at things differently than a lot of promoters at the time. But now um, it's kind of weird because when it comes around, you see promoters doing the same thing you were doing that were telling you, oh, you shouldn't do that. You know, and then I do it and then it gets copied. I've had that happen. Um, Well, one occasion that really upset me, and I think you know about this, Sean, the the incident with the Jell-O match. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Certain Mr. Eastman had me on a show who bashed it online, and then he was part of a match where a woman totally lost her top in front of children and everything at the show. Not cool. No, uh, I I proceeded to tell him so back. <laughs> we have we have well, divulged the history with Steve I, Kane I, and various others of Mr. Eastman. Oh Go yeah. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, okay? All right, about the boob thing. All right. I, I, I come from a city where it is legal to bear your breast anytime you bloody well want. Okay? Have I done it? Yes. Are you going to see it? No. But <laughs> it, it's, it's, there's a time and a place for that kind of thing. You're not, you're not an actress in somebody's podunk freaking bullshit stage play okay yeah, so exactly. it's not it's not new yeah it's not it's not naked for the sake of being naked here all right you're in front of children 
you know, like if it's a play or, or something else like that, it's a controlled atmosphere, okay, this place is supposed to be, a, well, a wrestling gig should be a controlled atmosphere, but unfortunately, things happen, it's a live show. But well, it was planned for her people? to lose her top. Yeah, she was yeah. planned to lose her top. I didn't know this until I watched it. Oh, um, uh, I, I won't name other names that were there, but one of the commentators, who is also a worker, who I'm very close with, um, I, I looked at him, I'm like, what the F is this? And and he looked back at me, he's like, I don't know. He just whispers, I don't know, and then get back on the mic. And I'm like, it was awkward for everybody. I mean, yeah. at least when I did stuff like that, I would do it at a bar show or something. But, I mean, the fact yeah. that this was an outdoor all-ages show, I just felt like, you got to be kidding me. That's, that's something you do after the show when you're drunk and flashing your tits. Yeah, that's well, right. Yeah, I was in a band. Yeah. I was in a band that yeah, one, of, one of our original songs, of course, was Show Us Your Titties. And every time we <laughs> said it at the bar, they'd flash us. But show Us Your Titties. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's in a you bar. Know, like I said, there is a time and a place for the titty. And at a show with children, that is not a controlled atmosphere. Well, it is a controlled atmosphere, but it's, you know, like anything can happen, but boobies, butts, and pricks should never happen. Oh, my. <laughs> I, I'll say we let a few butts slip out at Wicked. Oh, that, yeah, that it's going to happen. I mean, every it's once in a while, a good-looking guy, good guy gets his tights pulled, butt pops out. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. As, yeah. as long yeah. as the brown yeah. streaker, yeah. hold on, Katie. As long as the brown streaker from hell doesn't happen from Wild Child again, we'll be okay. Uh, I, I would rather not have my head crushed by a three hundred pound man again. No, that, I'm on top bad. of the ladder. Yeah. Oh man. damn. Yeah, leg drop off the ladder and his butt lands on my head. That that was oh, not a good time. Oh, honey, honey, I'm so sorry. <laughs> the best part uh, was the best part was I still had one more fall to wrestle after that. <laughs> I remember that. I was there. Yes, I was there. Uh, we're going to get back to Scott Hall now. Um, obviously, yeah. the, okay. the moment that he will be most remembered for is the thing that shifted the gears. He was a part of the NWO. We know what that became. It shifted the industry for 83 weeks straight. Um, we know that he had um, some title runs with WCW. He had a short stint in ECW and Japan. Uh, the the he was on the plane ride from hell. We heard about that in Dark Side of the Ring. Um, that this is mm-hmm. where they got him off the plane, and they're like, we can't have him as an employee anymore. He's not sober. He we we can't get. Uh, they were gonna. I think they were gonna send him to rehab then, and he just wouldn't do it. Um, he was in TNA from '02 to '05, and then again from '07 to '08. Returned to the World Wrestling Council, um, which. Well, we won't even get get into that. That's a subject for another night with the uh, death of Bruiser Brody. Um, worked for JCW, returned to TNA in 2010, and then did some other stuff with uh, WWE up until his death. Um, he was in some uh, altercations in 83. He was charged with second-degree murder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that happened to be when he was a uh, a strip club, right? Wasn't he? Uh, did he work at a strip club as yeah, security? Yeah, it was it. Yes. So it wasn't his fault. It was. It was. No. He, you know, he did not mean to kill the guy. The guy came at him first, and it was just a sad situation. 
So, you know, I don't, I don't put that down on his permanent record. I mean, that's just guy doing his job and trying not to die. <laughs> right. Um, now, according to Sean Waltman, we did bring up that there was some controversy before. According to uh, Sean Waltman in the Wrestling Observer newsletter, um, Hall had relapsed into alcohol. Um, I don't think that that may Sadly. have been it here, but, you know, if he was well, drunk and fell, it could have happened. I'm just going to point yeah, that out, and we'll but, leave but that at that. Go ahead. But, but I want to point out uh, you're less likely to have a blood clot if you're drinking because your blood thins. So oh, that's I, highly I, doubt. I forgot about that. I forgot so about that. I highly yeah, doubt it's why, he it's was why doing anything. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, my sweet love. It is okay. why, and I, I found I found this out. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be calling the old kinds of terms of endearment. Get used to it. <laughs> it's all good. Asshole and shithead are two of them, but um, <laughs> I, I forgot what I was saying. What, what were we talking about? Because we were Hall talking and about alcohol. Hall and alcohol. Yeah. And I mentioned it thinning his. It would thin his blood. Yeah, he got some yeah, blood yeah. That's why you can't get a tattoo the day after you've been drinking. That's true. Really? Yeah. Wow. I've been drunk when I've gotten tattooed. <laughs> oh wow. I, I know. I know. Yeah, you can be you can be drunk as all hell, okay? You can be drunk, just drunk to the max and get a tat. You can get ink when you're when you're drunk. It's it's okay. Because it's not it's not a good idea usually though. No, Pick out no. The no. before you get drunk. No. No, no. We don't make the best decisions when we're drunk and anxious. Ink is one of them. Yes. All exactly. right. Well, I am going to play a spoof ad here, and we just want to send our memories, uh, thoughts and memories and well wishes to the family, the fans, and yeah. the legacy of Scott Hall. He will always be remembered. Um, I was a fan. You know, he, 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 some of his work was really good. Yeah. R.I.P. to the bad guy. Him and Sean tore the house down. I I. I don't know that and like Goldust, those those have to be some of my favorite moments up for him, which is crazy because I, I think of the Razor Ramon character more even than like his NWO Scott Hall run. Because part of me feels like Hogan and Nash kind of overshadowed that. All right, we're gonna play this and we're gonna move on to our next segment, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. The shit list is coming. Tax refund promotions presents professional wrestling. A show that will not actually happen. Starring pictures of former WWE, Impact, and Ring of Honor stars that we're going to put on our poster just to lure you suckers into the building, even though they will not actually be appearing. Featuring the pictures of the real wrestlers, who will just be local jabronis that we're getting for a hot dog and a handshake. All this will take place inside of the neighborhood bar that we're getting for the cost of a case of beer. And the ring will be a homemade wooden ring because no, we can't afford a real actual safe wrestling ring. Liability insurance, you must be crazy. We can't afford that either. I'm not getting that much of a refund check back. All we can really afford is the beer and the posters. So mommy, get my tax refund check ready and get it signed over to me because I want to hurry up and play wrestling promoter. Tax refund wrestling not coming soon to a location near you.
bas. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is still tax season, and therefore tax refund wrestling is still a thing. Thank you for the late uh, Steve Kane for that legendary uh, spoof ad, as we'll call it. Uh, Steve, you would know, or not Steve, good God, Finn. <laughs> hey. Uh, that was your hey. first time wow. hearing. Hey, you know what? I'll take that as a compliment. I'll take that as a compliment. He got upgraded, he got upgraded yeah. to Steve Kane. Yeah, I'm really happy about that comment. That was good. Finn, that was your first time hearing what the uh, because Steve Kane worked for you. That was your first time hearing what his ads. uh, What did you think of that one? I loved it. It, The best part is I feel guilty because one of the last lines was when I get my refund check, I'm gonna book my gallon. Literally one time, I did use part of my refund to make sure I had a deposit on Billy Gunn. We made it all back at the oh. show. But legitimately, I was like, right. okay, I'm booking Billy like five months from now. I got my tax return. Let's get him his deposit immediately. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. But that cracks me up because a lot of promotions do it. It's, it's, there's no, it's no secret <laughs> that a lot of the big names show up right around this time. <laughs> Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get to the shit list. So we've got to cue this music, Ooh. and we've got to thank Steve Kane yeah. for mixing this as well. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. segment's going to be heavy. Um, Can I start this one off because I'm new? Yes. Can you do what? Okay. Uh, I've been dying for a moment just to to have this platform. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. I know this is horrible because indie workers shouldn't talk bad about other indie workers. But I got to get this off my chest. Good God, nobody book brunch. Okay? For God's sakes, you should be on every show. Oh, jeez. Okay. For the first name, uh, Dipshit Grunge, is that his name? Joey. Really? Joey. Joey, yeah. Oh, jelly. fuck Jelly, because when you hit him, he's There's jelly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, Joey Grunge can you may eat be, a bag you of dicks. You maybe use the F word. You know that. He can eat a bag of dicks, Okay. 
Yeah, oh, I, I don't understand how this guy has ever worked a game in his life. I mean, this guy got plastered and he was supposed to wait, work Valentine, you know, Greg Valentine. Okay. And I was at okay. the show and I was already working Bob Orton. And they were thinking about having me wrestle both Valentine and Orton in the same night until I had okay. to convince him that made no sense. And Valentine was pissed because he wanted to work with me because his opponent was strong. <laughs> Grunge just gets plastered. And to make it worse, he has a crappy match with Valentine. Then he gets on the mic for 10 minutes and talks to everybody about how bad oh, his yeah. life is yeah. at a live wrestling show. Oh, now, fast forward this about five years. I'm the champion of WPPF. They, they treated me well there. One downside, I have to wrestle grunge. I get through a match with them. Then oh, yeah. I, I basically tell them a couple months down the line, hey, I, I'm retiring. I got to get rid of this belt. So they put me with this young kid. I'm super happy to put him over. And Run shows up at the event. And Big, uh, Big Daddy decides he needs the title. Oh, my God. All Grunge did is get in the way of that three-way dance. Me and this kid could have just had a great match. But, again, I don't understand why people trust this guy. He is on my number one shit list as an indie worker, promoter, whatever he does. Stay the F away from this guy. Okay, he I'm is done. now uh, he is now going to be a part of a promotion. We'll bust this wide open. Let me uh, get the link uh, of the oh, promotion. Um, he is now helping a group of yarders. I shit you not. If you go on YouTube, you can find this. And I'm hoping Crime Fighter is listening and will eventually call in to weigh in on this subject and the other one that we're going to go into here in a minute. But Joey Grunge and Midwest Impact Pro Wrestling, his company, are now helping this new version wrestling out of Danville, Illinois, and they are nothing but a bunch of yarders. Now, they may be paying real talent to come in. They may be booking a real fucking card at this point, and that's number one for me. You're going to hear the other one here quickly. Um, But I don't agree with this at all. I never did. I think, and, and think and speak for this. When I went to work for Big Daddy in 2008, I am the one that met Big Daddy and got Finn booked. Yeah. Yeah, you sure did. Yeah, that, that got... led to actual uh, – I'll tell you right now, his paydays, to me, I felt bad because I saw him underpay a lot of guys, and then he paid some names, and then, like, I got a good payday. I, I don't know how that worked. You just told me to come down and work a match, and I worked him, and he wanted me to work hardcore, so I was like – Okay, I'm either I'm just gonna really get seriously hardcore on this guy, and he'll never bring me back, or I'm gonna do it and he'll like it so much that you know I, I'm set. So that was my attitude going in because if I'm gonna work hardcore, I'm gonna go balls out. So I, I ended up beating the crap out of him with a bat wrapped in uh, axe. I remember that specifically because he, I think he was trying to get away from me by rolling in the ring and I still followed him and kept hitting him with it. Uh, But yeah, somehow that turned into me eventually winning a title for him and getting better paydays than anybody that wasn't named. Let's let's back up from there. My first meeting of Joey Grunge was I got a phone call from (laughs) Big Daddy. Hey, I'm swinging in through Peru. Um, I got Joey Grunge with me. We're going down to GAW and Decatur. We need you tonight. Okay, guess I'll pack my bag. I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting at home. So three-hour yeah. car ride 
with Joey Grunge and oh. Big Daddy, who were about 300 pounds apiece, and a fucking <laughs> two-seater car with barely a back seat by the time those two were in it. All the way down to Decatur and back for Joey Grunge to work Gavin Alexander. Yeah, I remember Gavin. I remember Gavin Alexander. Uh, If I remember, he wasn't great when he started, but he kind of came into his own from what I heard. Uh, He was okay, uh, but uh, he's one of Joey's boys. So fast forwarding, Finn and I had sat down with Big Daddy, uh, and we booked some of the Wicked Talent. I had JT Simmons come in. I had Machine come in. Few others. They broke the um, ring. We we had laid out shit with Big Daddy. I said, "This is what we can do." Grunge came in and went, "Oh, well, you're gonna let this kid look? He's only 16. Let's scrap all of that." And I put my foot down with Big Daddy, and so did Sin. He's like, "No, you booked me. I, I've got the booking. Sean booked me. You allowed Sean to book me. This is what's gonna happen." Um, yeah. I got out of that company early due to some disagreements between me and the backers. I'll just leave it at that. Sin stayed, but Sin can attest that Grunge tried to run roughshod over that company. Because the yeah. number one thing that happened was we didn't know that Orton was going to make it. He w- Grunge was trying to get Sabu for show one and ended up booking Corporal Robinson, and that was the m- most horrible thing that what? ever happened on that show. I think you'll remember that. He worked Corporal oh. Robinson, and oh. then they did that big run-in brawl at the end. See, I didn't realize... Big Daddy was allowing them to book that. Um, All all I know is when I worked for WPPF, I I really enjoyed it. They brought in some guys that worked for JCW and stuff, and I knew I was going to be working there soon. And they brought in guys like Boz, who was a fantastic talent. Um, You know, and and some other guys like that. Uh, Willie the Bomb worked a show there when I was there. Uh, Mel actually managed him that day. Uh, no storm, um, because and she got paid for it. You know, he didn't even book her, but Willie basically said, uh, "Yeah, she's my manager, pay her." And he said, "Okay." Nice. And, well, when, when if, when if you don't think about something, you listen. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, you're getting potatoes. If you're in yeah, the ring with him, you might get pounced. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Explain potato and pounce. Oh, uh, potato okay. is a straight punch from a about 350 pound black man. Well, oh, a potato in general, when I was brought into the business, the term means if you really want to punch a guy, you potato him. So you punch him in the face. Now, whether that yeah. guy's going to give you a receipt or not, who knows? But if they mess something up and you're pissed or they hurt you and you're pissed, yeah, yeah. sometimes guys will go to business. Yeah, you punch them right the lunch. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I if, you, if, you wanna, if you want to, like, if you want to be working with me, say I, say I was a dude and I was working, right? Because, yeah. well, and you want to hurt me on purpose and it's not, and, and it's not gigging, it's, it's well, not a work. It's plain old shoot. Yeah, I'm going to potato you. You're getting one right in the app, period. <laughs> well, I mean, we've had, you know, I've had situations happen where I missed a spot and a guy potatoed me and I wasn't ready for it. He got chewed out in the back for that. Uh, right. There's been times when I've been told to hurt people. That does happen. And uh, it, let's face it, it, it happens in wrestling. Yeah. I mean, even WWE uh, had their guys that would stretch people back in the day. You know, so we're so going to go back to Joey Grunge. 
Yes, yeah, so um, Grunge, 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 on the other Grunge, hand, destroyed every show he was on. That that was so well, messed up. But otherwise, they were in great shows. Uh, Grunge had hands in Great American Wrestling Indicator that later folded. Uh, they ended up selling their ring to Rex Gill, which was the cancer of Illinois wrestling, which Joey Grunge was associated with at one time. Um, Joey Grunge was associated with Ian Rotten and, and tried to run IWA Midwest down in Peoria. That failed. He did, run Midwest Impact. he did run Midwest Impact Pro. They were doing great for a while, and then it fizzled. Um, he was running the School of Smothers with Tracy Smothers. We know that Tracy got out of that right before Tracy got really sick and unfortunately passed. But we did have yeah. Tracy on to say that there was some kind of issue between him and Grunge that led to the falling out of the school. Yeah, yeah, well, I remember so, that. Well, Grunge manages to piss off every face you can bring in. That's the problem. And and he he only cares about getting himself over nobody else. And uh, yeah, you, you can't have that kind of attitude. That's that's dickish behavior. And I would not put up with it either. I don't I don't under, uh, I have full respect for Smothers. I don't understand how he got in with him. It, that's what baffles me about this guy. And that's why I'm saying it publicly now. The number one guy on my shit list in the business is Joey Grunge. You know what I mean? Really? That's saying uh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, Now, Midwest Impact Row was not running because Joey got COVID, but they hadn't been running for a while before that. They were running on and off. Um, I don't know if he's got plans to come back or not, um, but he is helping this uh, new version wrestling that is running in Danville. And they've got a good lineup of good talent. However, if powers that be were one-time yarders that were never properly trained, and I, Finn will attest to this because this is the number one thing that I was told by him. I don't care if you go work for a backyard fed that's got an actual ring to get some ring time, but if I'm going to book you and you're going to continue to wrestle in the backyard, you're not going to be booked. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to help anybody get bookings that book you in student yard work. You know what's sad? Uh, on top of this, are, so am I to understand that Joey Grunge is out training people too. Oh yeah, he's no. been doing that for a while. But oh, no. he has no concept of the like how to do anything in the ring. How is he training anybody? Uh, he's training them with like Gavin and Napier, and I love Napier, I do, but I don't get that either. Like, um, uh, okay. you know, know who I the other Gavin being all right because I met Gavin. He was really green when I met him, but I've heard he's gotten a lot better. So I can see Gavin being part of it, but uh, my problem with with Gavin was Gavin had a match years ago with Norm, a.k.a. Apocalypse, a.k.a. The Butcher, and Gavin had had a knee injury and was probably shouldn't have been in the ring. And something got messed up, and he hurt Norm, and he apologized for it, but it was a fact that he knew he was injured when he went into the match. Um, therefore, you know, Norm got hurt. And I like Norm. You've met Norm. He was Apocalypse yeah. down in NGW. Um, yeah. That didn't know, deserve to happen. That didn't deserve to I happen. Um, my problem with Grunge is always seems he comes in, he throws his weight around. I've tried to work with Joey Grunge on several occasions. There are people that can attest to that. Steve Kane would attest to that. Um, I have a bigger vision than most promoters, Sin will tell you that. I think in, yeah. a, in a city like Peoria, 
you should be able to draw 300 paid asses in the seats at least every other month, no problem. I can't agree. happen. I think you should be. I think you should draw three to five hundred every month if the promotion is run correctly. I, I, you know, it's not that hard when you've got that big of a base to work with. I mean, it's just not that hard, guys. There's plenty of good venues there for it too. Uh, you know, I don't understand why nobody's taking advantage of that. I'm sure they could get some syndicated programming there too. So it well, blows my mind, guys. I'm going to play this little clip, just a little bit of this, and then we're going to roll into our next segment. Uh, this is my shit list for the night. Bullshit. It is no surprise to anybody that's been a long-time listener of this podcast that I have issues with a certain man that has been wrestling all over the Midwest and beyond for several years. Here we go, my, folks. My heat with this person is almost, um, you know, nuclear at this point, and I'm going to divulge tonight the full reasons as to why. We are going to go back and rehash my history with the wild man beast, a.k.a. Hubert Stenson Jr. Um, Benito, Finn is even going to talk a little bit about this because he knows history that I didn't know until Finn and I reconnected and started talking. Um, beast had been a wrestler here since about the 1998 mark. Um, he had done some stuff with Tim Lyle. That's when I was first uh, introduced to him. I later got introduced to him when I was going to Tim Lyle's show and he was still a part of them. Um, I had gotten to the point where Finn didn't feel comfortable in training me anymore. There was just – anybody that knows me knows I don't keep my mouth shut about anything. If I think there's a problem, I'll call it. Um, Finn's wife, unfortunately, and I have butted heads more times than I'd like to count. We don't always see eye to eye, but at the end of the day, we respect each other's opinions. But, and at the end of the day, you're always a little shit, so – I went to Tim Lyle because Tim said, look, I think we can do something with you. And I'd go over there and do set up and tear down, set up and tear down and never have a tryout or never be looked at by Tim. And Beast and John Komet saw this and Beast came to me one time in, in Streeter at the Total Wreck. And he's like, look, I'm open in the Fed. I got a show September, whatever the date was, 2008 in Spring Valley. And it's like, man, that's old powerhouse stomping grounds. He's like, yeah, Tim's supposed to be a part of it. And I believe Sin got a phone call from Tim because when Tim Lyle found out that I was being put in the main event, all hell broke loose. Benito even called, Sin, Sin even called me. He's like, they're putting you in the main. I didn't ask for it. They think it'll sell tickets. <clears throat> uh, yeah, there were some questionable judgment calls on uh, – <laughs> On the uh, booking, I, I would say, uh, of some of their shows. That, that, that wouldn't be one of them. <laughs> right. Um, uh, it was, it was kind of like the moment I tried to tell Wild Child he was losing the belt to Judas. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So Tim Wilde was not a part of that event. Powerhouse stayed in operation for the short time. HCW8 Midwest opened out of that and then moved operations to Princeton. Uh, Beast said, hey, I'll train you. Um, you know, I'll take a chance. Um, and Komet's really like me. Komet's new, and, and Sin will tell you, I'll bend over backwards for any promotion as long as they don't start to show me underappreciation, which we've seen happen, and I'll explain more. Um, I worked for Beast until 2009, until an incident happened with my ex-boyfriend on a show that I did for them. I did two matches that night, went out uh, after the first match in intermission, and the boyfriend's like, I want to leave. Well, he was from Rockford. He didn't know. He'd been down in LaSalle, Peru with me to, when I was down here to visit my family, but he didn't know anybody. So that should have raised the number one red flag, but I, I've got to go work my second match. I'm in worker mode. Um, we, we get ready. We get everything put on the trailer. Everything's packed up for the night. I was like, you know, so what do you want to do? And, and unfortunately for us, I had a situation happen with who I was staying with. Um, this led to us actually having to stay in the hotel room with Beast that night and Damien Sins, who oh, Sin also trained and the Hollywood stud. Um, I was not made aware of the situation until the next morning that, uh, because my boyfriend was the ticket guy working the gate, handling all the money coming through the front door. Um, and, and that, that count was done with Beast because evidently Beast was the money man when Kometz was on the road, whatever. Um, that there were allegations made against Beast that Beast had taken him into the back room of the Bureau County Fairgrounds and tried to sexually assault him. And the other rumor with this, and, and uh, Sin, hope you're not shocked by this, was that Floyd was keeping guard, watching the door to make sure nobody busted in. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. Okay. My take on it. Um, I heard about it when it happened. Um, so this is going to make me have to tell a quick little story. Um, I wasn't shocked by it because um, uh, I was being trained by Tim Lyle, like I said earlier, at the House of Fame. Um, Tim and Beast had a short falling out for a while in Powerhouse, and I guess I just might as well air the dirty laundry because you're bringing up these other allegations. Um, what Tim had told me the problem was, is was Beast was trying to get one of his students to sleep with him, and the kid didn't want to, but Beast told them everybody did it that got in the business, like even the guys Tim was training. So the guy contacted Tim and asked him about it, and Tim said, no, no, that is not how it works. We don't do that. And he came to me and told me about it, and expressed he was very upset at Beast for saying that. Now, that being said, when he started booking you again, I wrestled Beast at Comic-Con. Everything fine. Anki Dory. I've worked with Beast on other shows. Um, I've never had a problem with him. Um, like I said, my experience was my trainer telling me something, and then what I heard from you, Sean, that's it. As far as like my personal interactions with him, I've never had a problem. And as far as Floyd goes, who I guess is allegedly watching the door, I find that yes. so hard to believe because I I have known Floyd for as long as I've been in the business. And uh, I consider him a friend. 
And I just can't imagine he would do something like that. But, you know, I've had friends do other things that I couldn't imagine. So, I, right. you know, I don't know. But I don't know. Right. He also may not have known why he was blocked, blocking and watching the door. There's that, too. You have to think of that. He that is true, too. That is very true. And, look, I didn't want to bring these kind of things oh, up. I mean, anyway, I, it I, doesn't I, matter what it is. Okay, hold on a second. It doesn't matter what it is. You're smoking a joint. If you're drinking when you're not supposed to, or if you're doing what he was doing, watch the door. Okay, those are the three reasons. Yeah, yeah. You want to make sure my wife doesn't catch me. Shit like that. Okay, like that's different. But I mean, to hurt somebody this way. Yeah, I, so I, 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 honestly, I blame the guy watching the door. I don't. I really don't. So I'm gonna finish the story and then I'll let you guys <laughs> elaborate from there. Um, I was informed the next morning. My mother came and got me from Princeton Walmart, um, and we had a long talk all the way back, and she's like, what are you going to do? And anybody that's met my mom, and Finn has, my mom is a different kind of crazy. My mom is a different kind of crazy in the element of when you get her to that level, I have seen her do things that a normal woman wouldn't do. Um, Shouldn't do. So I dealt with it. I called Comet when I got back to Rockford, and I said, man, I said, we got to come to some, some kind of solution to this. And the solution was this. I was, I, we legitimately filed charges in Bureau County against the Beast, not only my ex-boyfriend, but me, and here's why. When I first started with Beast, he wanted to take me to a hotel room before I was up the age of 18 to train. Yeah. Now, I was a gay man at the time. I've always been openly gay. No big deal there. Um, but I knew it was wrong, and I didn't do it. I didn't have a problem with a flirtation, okay, whatever, you know, all in good fun. Yeah, I, have a problem, I have a problem when we go to the ATM together, and, and okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, we were smoking pot, but you're telling me that you want me to leave my boyfriend and you can make my life better and then proceed to try to stick your hands on my pants. Um, that happened the same day. That happened the same day he was accused by the ex, which leads me to believe this is all true. Um, I uh, go ahead. I, I got a question. There's a show this Saturday. Yeah. Um, is he on that card? Yes, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, oh, just I, just, a second. I, I just wanted to. I just oh. wanted to mention on air. I think I'm going to go to that show. I think I'll be there. I don't. I don't know. I doubt I'll be doing anything, but I do want to talk about it. Damn. Um. So this fast forwards, um, I, we end up dropping the charges against Beast because I was 18. I was naive. Kometz begged me. He says, dude, I'll, I'll just let you be the booker of the company. I know you can do it. And I went back. I did one more shot. I told the boyfriend. I told the roommate who was a professional wedding photographer that was coming with me, free of charge to Beast and Kometz. I said, look, I said, I built a fan base here. I said, I've been doing this shit there since 2002. This was in 2009. I said, I don't know when I'm going to get booked back here. Let me go say goodbye, and I'll be done. And I came back and worked June of 2009, and Beast didn't pay me, and that is the night my roommate slash wedding photographer friend and original backer to the RWF screamed at Beast at the top of his lungs. Now, we'll, we'll fast forward. This is actually what led to me opening RWF, just so everybody is aware. I always wanted to do it. Finn knew that, but this is a, this was the thing that forced it. Um, we fast forward a couple years. 
Um, I am working with Big Daddy over in the Quad Cities, and we have a talk. He says, I want to bring in Beast. And I said, let's sit down. Let's have a talk. Let's see if we can smooth this over. That was the night that Big Daddy decided to divulge my HIV status to everybody, um, which Beast also had a hand in sharing um, You're around locker room. Me, you, you know what you need to do? You, give me, you need to give me three seconds to react. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> it's, yes, um, I'm sorry now. Yeah, could you say something? And then I'm like, oh dear, or oh my, or what the hell? So I, I, I need that. <laughs> um, so what ended up happening is the Beast was not booked on any shows in the Illinois Valley by anyone other than Frankie the Shy Town Hitman. After HCWA mm. folded, he was not booked by John Kometz when NWA Optimum was running because people were aware of this. The other thing that I find funny, because we're going to bring this full circle now, Beast is now the booker of Powerhouse Wrestling Extreme, which Jimmy Smooth bought for a high price tag from Tim Lyle, a price tag I was refusing to pay, a price tag that Finn wouldn't have paid because Tim Lyle wanted 6000 for Powerhouse. Um, I believe what I was told from rumor and speculation, Jimmy Smooth gave Tim Lyle 7500 for Powerhouse. Now, on a side note, I'm not going to name names, but uh, when we made it clear that we were planning on closing Wicked to somebody that was an avid follower of our product, and right. he was also a friend of mine, he offered to buy Wicked off me for ten grand, oh, and I didn't do it. I didn't do it because uh, no, no, I, because I knew this guy didn't know the business or I knew he'd ruined it, you know, and I didn't want it to end that way. Right. And, and, and me and my wife just talked about it and she was pretty much, yeah. She's like, if you ever want to use the wicked wrestling, not line name again, it's going to be trashed. And I'm like, she's right. I shouldn't just take the quick cash. You know, right, right. <laughs> so, so we're gonna break so, things. I mean, even. people do, people do offer extreme amounts of money for companies at times. Um, now, I was told by Tim Lyle in some of my last communications with the man that he would not have anything to do with Powerhouse Wrestling Extreme if Beast was a part of it. Jimmy Smooth's first move was to hire Beast as the head booker of PWX. What I see, and I'm gonna call a spade a spade, is Beast trying to create the magic of HCWA Midwest because it was successful at one point. In February of 2009, before Dreamwave opened, we had 350 paid asses in the seats. No names. That's not bullshit. But you can't create the magic without all of the elements. You don't have commits. You don't have me. And people can say what they want about me, but Finn can attest to this. When I go to work for a company, I am loyal, and I become the backbone of that company. I make sure shit gets done and done right. Well, and uh, primarily, this, and this is what I've always said about you, Sean, from a promotional standpoint, if you're going to hire somebody to promote your show, Sean's got to do it. He, he's a mastermind at promoting, A. B, he's a fabulous ring announcer. So, you know, you don't even have to look at him from a wrestling point of view. He, he does other things that are extremely valuable to a company. And I don't know. You you had gotten a bad rep early on in your career, and now people are crapping on you. It happens. 
It is, and and this is gonna we're gonna bring everything full circle right here, right now. This is the reason for the shit list. As many of you know, the last time we were on air, which funny enough, it was with Sin because it had something to do with a former worker of mine that was doing yeah. some shenanigans. You, you can go ahead and say it. I'm I can go public with it now. I'm fine. Um, Mark Modinger was uh, the, sending explicit pictures to his 16 year old daughter. If I ever see the son of a bitch again, I'll probably have him by the neck, and that's not a threat. That's a promise. Um, but it's funny that the last time we were really? on, we were, talking, we were talking about an event that we were supposed to be a part of this weekend in Arlington Heights, Illinois. Against my yeah. better judgment, Brian Blade contacted me, and he said, look, he said, I, I need a name. I've got this benefit coming up. And I said, Brian, I said, first of all, we need to have a talk. Everybody knows what happened in Elgin. I paid $200 worth of his talent. I took a $20 payday. I got told by him that he wasn't in charge fully of pay, which was bullshit. You're the promoter. Um, I didn't go back to them. I wouldn't do it because I felt after almost – April will be my 20th year. That's no bullshit. Think can attest to it. 20 years of doing this shit. Never, yeah. never letting the people get to me and just throwing my hands up and walking away, which my brother has told me – Several times I'm crazy for. Well, he's done it. He walked away. He did. <laughs> so. I tell you all the time to walk away. Um, this is what it not is. Yeah. Not so we come full circle by I land them Aiden English for the event this Saturday night. I get them their women's match booked, KO Kendra versus Vega Venom. I also get them just amazing. Angus McDuff was going to be on the event, but is unfortunately rehabilitating at the moment, so he's not taking bookings. Finn was going to come with me. I had fans that were going to come to this event because I was a part of it that are not going. Uh, some of the fans already bought tickets. They're, st- they're still going because they want to meet Aiden. Um, this is why I was removed from this event. Supposedly, a group of wrestlers told the prom- quote-unquote promoter of this event who Brian Blade is using to pay for Aiden English. The kid is disabled. This is a benefit. Um, A group of wrestlers, probably starting with the Wild Man Beast, told the promoter, Seth Goldberg, that if I was a part of this event, they would not be. The other three involved with Beast are Levi McDaniel, Tyler Bodine, who... That's actually funny because I took the kid out of a fucking backyard parking lot after Tim Lyle and Prince Mustafa Ali cut him from training and put him in a ring and said there's something to this kid and hooked him up with the school of smothers, which he got thrown out of. And um, he's been working and getting booked, but from what I've been told by various sources, he's not training. If you get kicked out of Prince Mustafa Ali's school, if you get kicked out of Tim Lyle's school, if you get kicked out of Tracy Smothers' school, chances are you're probably not fit to be a wrestler. Probably. No, chances are you're probably a douchebag. Yeah, in all fairness, in the House of Pain, I must have saw 30 wrestlers go through there between my training and training other guys. Maybe maybe closer to 50. I would say... There, there's definitely under 10 of us that made it, maybe six or seven of us that actually started branching out and wrestling around. So, I mean, there's yeah, getting kicked out is one thing. I totally agree. If you get kicked out, you're screw up. Not making it is another. You know, there's a lot of guys that have tried to make it, and that's not their fault. Maybe they're not athletic. You know, maybe 
They just don't have the right mentality. But if you're getting fired from a school, there's an issue. Um, I will I will give credit where credit is due. We Steve and I saw Tyler and we said he's local. We can get him to sell some tickets. He helped me produce Wrestle Wars two, driving force of that. Um, but at the end of the day, he wasn't going to go really far with us. I I told all of the guys from Revolution in order to get booked with me. You have to go get trained. You have to prove to me you want this. Because Sin will tell you, I was working for RCW here for a year before, and I even did like one or two shows for him before him and Nick Logan and his wife came to me and said, we'll train you. It's earned. Yeah. It's not given. Yeah, it's like it's like being a barber. You don't get to cut hair the first day, do you? No. Nope. None of these kids these days understand the what it means to actually pay dues. And, you know, then you watch them trying to do flipping Canadian destroyers like they watch on TV. They're killing yeah. each other. You know what I mean? Right. My problem my problem with Levi by, McDaniel by, by, is... By, by the way, shout out to, to Chaos there because you live in Canada. Canadian destroyer rules. Uh, <laughs> um, my... My problem with Levi McDaniel, Katie was on when we divulged this. It was one of the last podcasts we did. Um, Levi McDaniel, I was the GM at the show in Elgin back in June. It was our uh, show that we did. It was the same day of Steve Kane's funeral, which was a double whammy for me. Um, Levi McDaniel was one of their tag team champions. Anybody knows that I had a special needs girl that worked with me. Her name is Gina. And Gina... Uh, was at this event with me, along with my best friend, Wendy, and her girlfriend at the time, along with some of our other friends. Um, Gina was sitting in front of me, because that's where I wanted her, and chaos ensued at the ring, and I could not get the tag belts back to the ringside table in time. So I handed one of them to Gina. Levi decided that he was going to raise his hand to Gina. I don't care if you're a heel, I do not give two shit. You will never raise a hand to a woman on one of my events or anything that I'm tied to. (laughs) Unless it's part of the show. It wasn't. I did try to not shut my wife. Women should should be given the right to hit back. Because you want to hit me, I'm going to hit you back. Yeah, as a heel, heel, I've never thrown a punch at a fan. And I've been swung at. Like, fan straight up in the streeter tried to knock me the yeah. F out. Like, I had to dodge the punch. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. the, then immediately... Stopped to entertain not getting a fight with the freaking fans. And immediately she, after he swung, security grabbed him and grabbed me and pulled us in different directions. And then I Gina, had to apologize to him. <laughs> Gina, yeah. on this event, because she was there and willing to, to help, um, actually ended up winning the merchandise table for Christopher Daniels, and this is where my heat with Christopher Daniels ensues. Gina is special needs. She has PTSD. Um, Christopher Daniels or Brian Blade decided to have her run Christopher Daniels' merchandise table. That's fine. Okay, I have a question. Go ahead. Does, does the PS, PSTD make her special needs? Uh, there's other things, but that okay, it does you. affect her greatly. That's all I need to, um, that's all I need so, to know. Because it's, so, it's, not, it's not one of those things that you really would consider special needs. Sorry. Let me, let me continue. Um, so 
they, they let her run the merchandise table. And look, I met mm-hmm. Christopher Daniels. I was a huge fan. You know, he's behind the scenes at AEW, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. The actions that came out of this man for her helping him run his merch table behooves me. She was not given an autograph tape by 10, not given the option to have a picture taken with him, not given any money, not offered something to eat or drink while she ran his merchandise table. Huh. That's and I, I, I was sick from that. This is also the event that there was no communication with Brian Blade and I, and I was supposed to be a quote-unquote co-promoter of this event that led to some things happening that weren't supposed to happen, um, so on and so forth. Um, at the end of the day, I paid $200 worth of his talent, the show recorded, and he gave me 20 bucks. And then, well, that's 20 that's, bucks. His, his excuse was his ring announcer came from Nebraska for 20 bucks. I'm sorry that kid doesn't know his worth and is stupid enough to do that. I won't. Yeah, I know I'm a good crazy. announcer. I, yeah, know I know because I worked on a show with Steve Andrew <laughs> McMichael, and he told me, he said, kid, if WCW was still around, you'd be it. And look, you be, it, but, hey, my only problem with your announcing, because, well, mm-hmm. you kind of announce here, is you use ladies and gentlemen too much. They know they're ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to tell them five, six times. Um, so we, only we, wait, wait, I wait, can, I, can I use my F-bomb now, one of them? Yes, yes. Just tell them, hey, listen up, fuck Watts. That's how every show should start. <laughs> Uh, that's all. I'd uh, start a show. I'd be like so, that guy in the green tights, and then say his name. We're gonna we're gonna bring this full circle, and there's also another <laughs> little detail that I left out. Um, when I was going to shows over in the Quad Cities after uh, the, the promotion Beast was helping over there had kind of fizzled, um, there was a young man that was the backer of Big Daddy's. That was the grandson of the backer. Um, that it came to me with the same story about Beast. He's like, Beast wants to train me and wants to go to a hotel. No, don't go. Here's why. And it did go back to Beast, and that's when Beast went public with me having HIV, and we got him banned from Facebook for a while. Blah, 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 yeah. He's a dick. So Um, that's (laughs) – Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. You were going to say something. No, it's your turn. I was just going to mention – like a lot of this, like a lot of the ins and outs are kind of new to me in the story. I mean, it's been a while since I heard it. So, yeah, uh, I will actually sit down and talk to Beast if he won't talk to me about it. We've always gotten along. So, yeah, uh, I look forward to talking to him about the subject because he is going to be in our area soon. And then uh, on top of that, I was thinking about going to that show that uh, we were going to be on anyway. Just yeah. meet Blake. Uh, I just wanted to be played and, you know, yeah. just meet the dude and see some of my old friends in the back. Right. You know? Right. So I might be making that trip. <laughs> I would go, but I'm afraid what, okay, of what would I'm happen if I go with you. Go ahead, Katie. That's the floor is yours. Be nice. <clears throat> you be nice until it's time not to be nice. And even then, you uh, be nice. Katie, I know you probably have some things to say about this because you did when we added this subject before. Um, and you had one comment to me personally about them taking me off this event but choosing to keep Beast. Are you kidding me? That's the first thing that came up. Are you kidding me? They, they're keeping that Ray Pound goose over you? Okay. I, I, I don't understand. Please, somebody explain this to me. 
Oh, I can I can explain so, why. Yeah. Sean, I can yeah. actually explain why. Uh, yeah. It's it it breaks down to this. Sean's got crapped on a couple times in wrestling in the area by the cool kids, and that keeps him down. Whereas Beast has pretty much been wrestling even before I have. He has so many years in the business. He has seniority, and guys like know if they book him, he's going to be there. You know what I mean? They they yeah. know they'll at least get a solid heel out of him. So for a guy his size and stuff, it it's pretty easy to get bookings because his bumps aren't as severe as a guy maybe my size. You know, even though he's carrying more weight. So yeah, I can I can see why guys are booking him and stuff still. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's so old school that you know a lot of this stuff that happened you know gets shoved under the rug. So I'm not really surprised by the fact that he's still getting booked. Go ahead, Katie. That's the whole thing, too. Sean and I discussed this at great length. People know. They know what he's, what, what he's done, and they're like, well, uh, uh, in, in this case that, sh- that Sean got told, he, he said that he won't show up if you show up. But that's the whole thing. you know. He's like, well, uh, I don't have time to book anybody else. Really? That's just so weak. That is so weak. You can't protect people. You can't protect your audience. It doesn't matter. Something could happen after the show. You don't know that before the show, after the show, during break, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm also going to divulge this because this is an individual that... uh, Sorry, Katie. I want to cut you off because I'm going to add this and I'll let you talk. Um, No, it's fine. uh, Sin and I worked for an individual that is no longer a part of the business because unfortunately he had a sexual offense charge and it is on the record. That man was big daddy. Uh, Katie got to know big daddy. He's called into this program before Uh in my book, there is no difference between big daddy being on a show or beast. The only difference is in a lot of people's minds is that big daddy was charged. Beast never was, but there's evidence there. This go ahead. But was he ever convicted? Yes, no. he was convicted, I believe. Oh, he was? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait. Well, that makes all the difference. Because Wait. the whole the whole thing, you know, sometimes get guys get wrongly, con- you know, accused. But once Correct. you're convicted, you know, then you're looking at a situation where, yeah, the guy can't hear out. You know right. what I mean? Um, but I'm still going to call it, like I said before, I don't see any difference between the two individuals. This is not the first account that has been made against Beast. I actually talked to a friend of mine, and I hope he doesn't mind me naming him, that is out of the St. Louis area, Dingo, who had tons to say about this. Um, there's stories going back, Sin. You knew him since 98. You divulged one of the stories that happened around then. There are stories going back in that area of even then with Beast, in that area. Okay. Um, I, I, it would behoove me if I didn't call Frank Root, if Frank Root wouldn't, or somebody that worked for Frank Root back in the day wouldn't know something about this. Um, I also know, and he'd probably get mad at me for saying this, but I know in the one time I talked to Mephisto about Beast, and I know Beast just worked for him. It was a benefit show. I know in the one time I talked to Mephisto about Beast, uh, Mephisto had some quite interesting things to say. I'll just leave it at that. There are multiple accounts of accusations against this man. Um, And look, one or two people making these accusations, okay, maybe they're false. Maybe he rubbed somebody the wrong way. But when you have multiple accusations, 
I, I'm going to say it again, yeah. though, dude. It boils down to somebody actually getting a conviction on the guy. I really think that's what it, what it takes. You know, it's just the way the world is. It's, it's sad. It's sad to say, but a sexual conviction as but opposed to uh, yeah. an accusation, you know, you're, you're just going to be able to get away with more. It's sad. I think – I think had this happened during, I think had this happened during the Me Too movement or speaking out movement, there would have been more behind it. Um, I think yeah. that uh, that may have warranted some more. Do I agree with him getting booked? No. Am I coming here tonight to say all of this out of retaliation because I don't get to work with Aiden English? No. At the end of the day, I'm going to call a spade a spade. Brian Blade allowed them to run rush shot, use me to book. Aiden English to try to save this event and then fucked me over. Simple as that. Oh, that's true. You, yeah, that's your second F bomb, bro. Yes, I know. I'm the only one with one left. <laughs> yeah. So, Katie, I, so am I, I, use mine, I use mine back to back. I just wonder, does my sin energy just seep in you guys? Is that why you're just like dropping the F bomb? A little bit, but it's you can you can ask Katie when we first started this program if I would have went on one of these tirades, you wouldn't have got me to quit. Oh, every other word would have been f this, f that, f f f in this and f in that and f you and f me and f everybody else. You know, it, 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 I get, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'm going to use my last one. What do you say? Oh. What, what, what do you say? Like fucking ladies and gentlemen? Would that be all for annoying? Yes. He has. <laughs> he has. He has. Uh, gentlemen. Under, you know, like so, almost like under his breath type thing. Yeah, he has. <laughs> it's cute. So uh, we're going to leave that with that. Look, they, they're going to do what they're <laughs> going to do. I don't care. I know the old man would be spinning in his, in his grave if he knew I tried to work with yep. Ryan Blade again. I will promise yep. you all here tonight, and I swear on my grandfather and stepfather's grave, that ain't ever happening again. I even um, said it to you this afternoon. Why why are you working with people like this, man? Stay away from these people. You know, if, especially Brian Blade and people, people like him. You know, if you know a spade is a spade, you run. Run like hell. The hell out of there? Nope. Hell no. Um, with that being said, I'm going to close this floor. We're going to take a quick song break. We're going to come back and review some stuff real quick. We're going to wrap up in the next 30 or so minutes. And, folks, thank you for joining us tonight on Rampage Rant Thursday Night Turmoil. We will be back each and every week. I believe we're going to try to stick to the 630 start time, Central Standard Time, but it may differ. Check the Facebooks and all of that. We're going to play this. Uh, Katie, you said run to the hills, and it, it just stuck. So here we go. Some Iron Maiden for oh you tonight. Oh, my God, really? Okay.
either. So you want to get into professional wrestling, but you just don't know how to do it? Well, I can show you how. All you have to do is dial one nine seven six R A S S L E R. That's one nine seven six Wrestler. I'll teach you the ins and outs, the ups and downs, everything you need, so that you can just explode onto the wrestling scene. Just remember that number. It's one nine seven six. R-A-S-S-L-E-R That's one nine seven six Rattler Make sure you call today I'll be waiting for you Calls to one nine seven six Rattler are twenty nine ninety five per second All major credit cards are accepted This Saturday night at the Birmingham Fairgrounds, Mud Show Championship Wrestling presents an all-star card of action-packed wrestling matches just for you. In the main event, Sam McCallahan faces Jelly Janela in a bleak 182 death match. Featured match, Joey Ryan versus Priscilla Kelly in a puke on the naughty parts match. First person to puke on their opponent's naughty parts loses. Garden Rake on a pole match. Special wheelbarrow race and much, much more. All that this Saturday night at the Birmingham County Fairgrounds. It's Mud Show Championship Wrestling. You don't want to miss it. Y'all better be there. All right, welcome back. That was another two of Steve Kane's infamous ads. And oh, I believe man. we're going to be joined Don't... by a caller right now. Uh, really? There's a caller? Hello, hello, caller. Hey, Sean. How's it going? Hey, hi, Sprague, and how are you, man? Spraggy! Nice you? to meet you, sir. Hello. How are you, sir? I am I did... good. <laughs> My dogs are going crazy. Screw you both, man. Nobody cares about me. Never mind. Oh, I, I, am... just, I just called in with a couple of real quick stories, and then I'll let you get back to what you wanted to. Okay, okay that's fine. Good. Appreciate good. it. Tell right. me a story. Then one time I had a beat a shit out of Mark Modinger with a kendo stick because he was doing the same thing in Revolution Wrestling. Oh, oh really? God. I beat more than once on a couple different occasions with yeah. I, that's Mm-mm. where I'm going to leave it at. I did not know that. Or married, Go ahead. One time Go ahead. with a married woman and one time with a younger woman. Oh, oh my God! Did not yeah. know yeah. that, or he wouldn't have been booked for me. Promise you that. Oh, I know. Go ahead. Not right. Go ahead. Uh, when now, Spragan, were you? Sin- go, go ahead. Go, Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was Somebody gonna, uh, go ahead. I was just going to ask. You were a part of uh, some <laughs> of the dealings with Powerhouse and the Total Wreck because this was would have been before you took that establishment over. Do you have any stories on the Wild Man Beast? 
Well, I know he was. He was kind of. He, they had they threw a kid in the wrestling ring with him. Tim Lyle trained him for like I don't know maybe a couple days, and they oh, threw a kid geez. in. He, he beat the hell out of the kid. We ended up carrying him out. I don't know. He got to go with them. I don't know if anything happened or anything, but he got to go hang out with the wrestlers that night. So I, I hope nothing happened to him. I, oh, I don't I hope not. There was well, a story. Was, that I was, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go uh, ahead. There was a story I was. There was a story I was once told by Will Price of an incident that happened down at the Total Wreck at one of Tim Lyle's shows. Um, don't know how true it is. This also came from Gina too. That there, uh, Beast was shot in the locker room at one point with a younger wrestler and/or trainee. And that that led to a lot of problems. Um, that also came from Will Price's mouth, which I find it funny that now Will is just getting on his knees to kiss that big fat black ass of Beast um, and and help support mm-hmm. Powerhouse Wrestling Extreme over there in Streeter. Just find that funny because when I started uh, RWF there, Whoa, what's that? Oops. Uh, when I one of my yeah, my I, phone went off. I'm sorry. Um, when when I started RWF in the area, Will told me that he'd support me as long as he was never booked. And it's just funny, man. It's just funny. But I'm going to let you have the floor. I don't know anything about that. I know when they were running, with, when Cashmere and Price were running shows, and I was just up there helping, yes. I know that they were, they, I only seen Beast at that one show. That was it. Right. So maybe that's the show that something might have happened. I do I do not know. Huh. Okay. So when you were when you met Tim Lyle and you were working with Powerhouse, this must have been after I was out of the company. Who me? Yeah. No, I never worked with Tim Lyle. Oh, me I thought I, never I thought got you al- said. never got along. Uh-huh. No, no I he was just he, he revolution. He was working with the establishment that Tim was running out of at the time. Uh, which was uh, Total Wreck. It became Faith Haven, which is where uh, Jim's company, Revolution Wrestling, with the uh, uh, Houston oh. brothers ran. And, um, you know, um, but I, I just find it funny that Will told me that, and I was told that by people, and now people are just, oh, I didn't say that. Well, are you sure? Because I have another party that I could throw on this phone line. She wouldn't like it, but she sat in on those meetings with Will Price. Um, I know what was said. I don't agree with it. Look, everybody knows about this. It's not unknown. Um, but I do want to get back to the Modinger thing. Yes, um, I, 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 I don't know. I know that we, he told everybody that he worked for me. He did two battle royals for us, one um, in Streeter at Wrestle Wars 2, where he got the shit beat out of him. And the other one yep. was later that year for Brian Blade when I, he did the thing up in St. Charles. That was it. I didn't see a use for the guy. I was like, well, he's a job guy. That's it. Because believe you me, when, if Finn would have been wrestling at the time, or, or Angus, it would have been, okay, here's this kid. Take him in the ring. Stretch him. See if he'll survive. <laughs> see if he'll survive. When, oh, how nice. One of the scariest things I've ever seen is Keith get mad in the ring and suplex somebody on their head. It was scary. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, oh now, He's not a good worker, and and Christian Rose took his money for the amount of time they were training, and then told him, "Yeah, you suck," but took his money. 
Well, and that's my problem with Christian Rose is he tra- took all those guys, let them allow themselves to call themselves trained, tried to recruit who would go up to Zawa to tra- fully train with him, yeah. and that's where the problem started because uh, I, people, people have told me that the real reason that Christian Rose got his head so high is because Jay Retzel told him he was the second coming of CM Punk, which no. I just laughed at. Yeah, no. that's pretty funny. The only the only people I know that went up to whatever Zona or whatever they called it was the Beard Bros. That was it. Those were the only yeah. two guys that I've ever. All right, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the floor, and I'm not asking you to shit on people. Know that, but uh, your thoughts on Brian Blade and uh, uh, Tyler Bodine? Uh, oh, okay. So, I if only had a, like maybe one dealing with Brian Blade, I think. Right. It's, it's that one of your shows. That was it. Right. I that was and I really wasn't around him, so I couldn't tell you what right. he's what he's really like. That was it. <coughs> okay. Now don't now don't don't shit on me. No, I don't, me and my kid <laughs> my kid was didn't have nothing to do, so me and him went to the first powerhouse show this year out there. We went we just went to look, if they didn't have Lucha Libre wrestling, there was nothing else in that show. Nothing that was any good. Is that why they've been advertising and, as the home of Lucha or whatever now? It, they, yes. they have to. <laughs> okay, I was just curious because I thought that was really weird about not that long ago when they started being like, you know, the home of Lucha or whatever. It was like, why, why? Like, when did, you know, Powerhouse become Lucha? <laughs> because no, not my, not my they, actually, they actually have some halfway decent talent in the Lucha. They do. And uh, Tyler is just, I don't think he's ever got any better. I, I, I have to agree with you on that. He won't train. He'll get I, booked. You don't learn by getting books. You have to put the work in, and I told the kid that. I, 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 I was, he was out at that that show, and it, I mean, it was just the match, man, just the match, and for me, just the match is just me sitting wasting my time, pretty much. Yeah, right. you, if the if the if the workers aren't doing their job, you just wasted <laughs> ten minutes of your life. That's the way yeah, I look yeah. at it. So, yeah, I mean, when I judged Hell 3 into my show, when I ran a company, that was my view. Simply, you know, if you can't keep their eyes on the ring and they're going to the concession stand during your match, you're not coming back. (laughs) Now I will will divulge what uh, number one fan of Sin and Eyes was, and even Revolutions, was told by Jimmy Smooth at the last Powerhouse Extreme show for his hopes for their Uh-oh. upcoming show, I believe it's April 9th at the Streeter High School. He told my Order. number one fan that he hopes to have 1,000 to 2,000 people at the Streeter High School on April 9th. Wow. I doubt it. <laughs> it's, okay, I don't now, know. Who made this statement? Freedom? Uh, Jimmy Smooth. Jimmy Smooth, okay. The um, owner of Power. I, I'm five, dude. I'm I'm five minutes away from high school, and I don't think I would drive down there to waste my gas. Just oh, uh, what's his name? Does he even have a name on the card? 
Not yet. He Ooh. hasn't announced anything. Oh, I've only seen the only advertising I've seen is on Facebook for this show. There's there's a Lucha Libre ladder match. Well, that might be good. <laughs> um, who else is working the show? Let's see if it's anybody I've even heard of. Oh, Beast, Tyler Bodine, Kurt Alexander. Oh, I don't know. His, the normal people that he has working. Let's I see mean, on the... On the uh, on the poster, I see Noriega. Kurt that Alexander. guy has Kurt Alexander, a former RWF guy. Floyd. Um, not sure who that guy is. Not sure who that girl is. I see Jack Carpenter. I see a guy that's been wrestling down south. Um, I see Sanji, who worked for us for a while. He must be holding one of their belts. I think that's a mistake. Um, Beast, yes. and that and and that's it. No name listed on this poster. Nothing. 25 for ringside, 15 for bleacher, 10 for students. Um, But I did hear that he's teaming with this guy that's got the comic book store over there now. And the rumor is they're supposed to do an all-day convention. If you're going to do that, it's fucking almost the end of March. Why is this not being advertised better? Yeah, boy. If you want that kind of crowd. You know what's scary? I didn't even know there was a comic book store in Princeton. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not yeah, in Princeton, in Streeter. Or Streeter, I'm, I'm sorry, I've, in Streeter. I have bought I have bought comic books from there, I will admit. I'm a big Captain America head, so I go and get me my too. Captain America. That and Batman and I say, for me. And I just go, okay. Um, so, yeah, he, he's been selling tickets for him for the last three shows. Three shows, four shows, however many shows he's had this year. He's... I the other don't thing, under. Go ahead. The other thing is you probably don't know, which I was told when I was sitting talking to some of the the people, and everybody talking, trying to talk me into, well, you need to be a manager. You, uh, just hold on, slow down, and uh, I go. Uh, they're, I guess, trying to get a building here in Streeter for a training place. And Beast is going to be the head trainer. Oh, Lord, help us all. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who's training, who's doing what. That was one of the things that was going around in, I think it was in January. Yeah, January. I, I Look, I'm, I'm going to call the state of state. They, they opened a while ago. They have never been able to draw 200 asses paid in seats ever. How the hell do they think they're going to get it? They can't draw 200 paid, and you're going to expect an, an increase of 800 of that with no advertising, nah. no news about any name that's going to be there, if there's going to be a name. Well, I don't know. They I, don't mean, get... I, I really think, like, like, the maximum size I saw for myself outside of wrestling for, uh, like, Gen Con <laughs> and stuff, where we'd have thousands of people in attendance, um, like... I've seen high schools max out. I've been in some pretty full high schools, but I think the biggest maxed out one I've been in for a high school was around 600, under 700 for sure. Um, And that was for Air Freedom in Michigan, like very northern Michigan. And they had Al Snow on the card. And that's when Al Snow was still commentating in WWE and Mm -hmm. training people in WWE. But 
because of the way his contract was constructed, he could still wrestle for Indies. And I mean that uh, anything short of that, I don't know how you felt in you know, high school. I the most I'd seen at Super High School was back in the day. Oh, it's it been a while because it was. We had some big power guys there when I was wrestling for him. Powerhouse brought in uh, one of the Road Warriors and one of the Nasty Boys. Oh, and you had names. Yeah, and you know, there was there was probably six or seven hundred people there. There was a yeah. lot of people there. Now, normally when I worked in Powerhouse, Steve, or I'm um, sorry, uh, Tim did book names specifically for like uh, venues and streeter. It seemed like more so. Because we usually did the high school there, and we fit more people in. Um, but we did pack a house there once, I remember, where the main event was just a steel cage match between... I think I was there. Yeah, uh, I believe it was Brian and Brian and Tim were on opposite sides. I was part of the match because I was outside the, the cage. Um, when the match concluded, we got in the cage... And there was actually a mistake that happened. Uh, we're, we're, we're oh, really? Be, yeah, we're supposed to be beating Brian up. And, of course, that's when Tim does the switch and becomes a face and saves his cousin. Uh-huh. Um, um, now, I'm supposed to be punching him in the head. He wants me to lay this in. <laughs> and uh, Freedom hit him with a garbage can, and the sharp end cut his head wide open. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, it, I, was that the show? Do you remember this? Brian was just bleeding yeah. all over the place. Yeah, if if you ever find the footage for that, uh, I have it buried somewhere. I go back to punch him in the head, and I put my hand on his head, and I rear back, and he looks up at me, and he's like, don't you dare effing punch me. So I just, like, kicked him in the gut and walked away and then wiped the blood off of my pants. And, and like, he was not, and, like, he was gashed bad. In that match, but it was a good crowd. I I, I told every go ahead. I was just gonna say that 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 is the most packed I'd seen at high school without a name, honestly. And I would say there was maybe three three fifty there, and we pulled that with no name. I I have told people from the get go when Dreamwave folded. And and Benita, Sin and I have talked about the problems with Dreamwave and, and why it killed here. And here would be the Illinois Valley. I told people when, when I got ready to do this again in 2019, I said, what it's going to take is reblasting this area, not only with a product that people are going to care about with quality talent, but reblasting this area to make people realize wrestling's still here. Most people think it's gone. And, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call a spade a spade. If you put up a poster for PWX and go, this is wrestling, to some of the fans around here, they're going to laugh at you. Mm-hmm. It's the way it is. It's the way it is. I tried to work with Jimmy Smooth. I tried to work with East. I said, look, I said, you guys don't understand. Yes, I have heat, but I can be an asset in ways that neither one of you can be to this company. And this is why they are where they're at. With something like Streeter High School, I would have probably began advertising a month ago. No reason not to. You want a big house, you've got to put the money in advertising. Yep, the kids are there. Let them know. Mm-hmm. Let them know they'll ask their mommy and daddy for money and their allowance. <laughs> no problem. They'll come to the show and have a good time. There you I, go. I just, I just don't know. 
Um, I want to play this because uh, Sin has never been able to hear this. Um, God, this was Steve Kane. This was uh, Mr. Bill Arthur. Uh, this isn't bad. <laughs> on uh, okay. this is Bill after on Steve Kane's death. We're gonna probably come back and say goodbye after this and then close. So uh, just bear with us a couple minutes, folks. We'll let this play. Hello, everyone. This is Bill Apter, and uh, wow, I'm still reeling from the effects of, well, not too long ago when I heard my dear friend Steve Kane um, had passed. Um, I used to look forward to his news, to his cheery calls to the person that would tell me that um, the news that a wrestler had passed away and little did I ever realize that uh, someone would be calling me eventually and telling me that uh, that Steve had passed. Um, most of all, the thing that I remember most is his love and passion for uh, professional wrestling. You know, I've met a lot of people in the 50-plus years I've been involved in the world of professional wrestling. And I have to say, when you talk about the passion of the business, uh, someone who not only knew so much about it, but wanted to keep the business alive and in that old-school fashion, that was my buddy, Steve Kane. And... Steve, I miss you so very much. This is Bill After reporting. Um, excuse wow. me, sorry. Wow. You know, I, I feel, mean, you know, uh, you know, it's cool that afternoon. I I love Steve King. You know this. I've all I always use them as a ref with my company. Man, I mean. To, to have a guy, the statue of Bill after call in and, and be devastated by that, but then offer Katie and I moral support. He would check in after Steve yeah. died around this a little bit after this time last year, just to make sure that we were okay. Yeah. That, that's because when I told Sean, oh, when I told Sean, I said to him, like, okay, who do you want? You want, do you, do you want to let Bill know or do you want to let Penny Bowman know? And he said, you got Kenny, okay, so. so. It was yeah. hard, and, and it's still been it rough, folks. Him. That's not what we, why we haven't been on the air. And that and Katie's been dealing with some health problems that she's bounced back well, from. But okay. It's okay. They, they already know that I have cancer. My breast is removed. I've done all, all, all my chemo. I've done all my, all my radiation. We're going to do scans on the 20th, and then we'll know more. So, yeah, everything's Steve Um, Jim, I want you to have the chance to say something about Steve because, I mean, we drove your character. Steve and I literally took a look oh. at you and said, we're going to mold this guy. I talked a lot with Steve. He would, he would give me just great suggestions on how to further who I was trying to be as a manager in in wrestling and uh 
Yeah, I miss him to this day. I mean, we bumped heads a few times, but, you know, <laughs> it was great. He was a great guy, and he would not BS you. I, so I actually have a funny story about Steve Kidd, if I can tell it. It'll be short. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, we'll close okay. with that. Okay. So we do this one show. Some of the guys after the show are giving me calls and stuff. And they're like, hey, we, we liked your ref, but he was calling too many spots in our match. I'm like, what? And they're like, he would tell us to do certain spots and stuff. I'm like, huh. Right? And this is when he first started working for me. So I was like, Correct. Weird. So so I have a talk with him about it. Like, oh, okay. So I'm having a match the same night after I talked to him about it. And I'm going up for this. It was like a five-band match. So I'm going up for this big tower superplex maneuver, right? The I remember this, yeah. My, the guys grab my legs and they go to push me up. Well, we mistime it so we don't get it on the first try. Steve looks at me and he goes, Steve looks at me and goes, jump with them. And I just look at him like, Obviously, you know, this is like, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I loved him, man. I loved him. Um, My my favorite Steve Kane stories, um, he was actually in on the uh, training seminar that I did at Sinsfed with Spike Dudley. And that's when Kane and I really started to bond. He said, kids, you've got something. He says, you just been dicked around when it comes to training. He says, you need to find somebody to stay with. Get it done, and, and you'll be good. And I was honored to bring him in in 2009 uh, for my last show in Ashton. He, he, uh, he got to referee the Almighty Sheik versus Chief Atacula Kula. And I didn't – I think I was told earlier in the day, but being a promoter running around with a chicken with your head cut off on the day of the show, this detail slipped my mind. They won in the ring. They bled. We had a light blue canvas that I rented for, on that ring. Got in trouble for that. But the, the big thing that uh, Kane was able to stay face with us for was she threw a fireball. And I'm like, um, um, I'm living in the town. We're running the building. Like, it's owned by the fucking town. I don't need to go to jail, have them come arrest me Sunday morning because the guy threw a fireball. Or the fire marshal knocking on my door serving me a ticket. And Steve helped me exactly. stay faced with that. Um, mm. He became a driving force of RWF. He said... When Ed Schumann died, I thought I was done. He said, no. He said, you've done so well in the first three months. He says, you proved to everybody that ever doubted you in three months' time. Because Steve knew me, and he, I, I said, I said, I'm going to run my first show by the time I t- turn 19. He said, okay, well, I'll believe it when I see it. I ran three. And the last night of the Ashton show, I was out drinking with my dad and the mayor of the bar, and we were doing karaoke. And that's when Steve hugged me, and he said, kid, he said, I'm proud of you. And I'm proud that you never gave up. Now, Steve and I had our issues. He worked the show in 2012 where everybody got screwed. He was pissed. He wasn't pissed because it, it, it happened because of things with Big Daddy and things. He was pissed because he knew that I had busted my ass so hard. And to have that happen just sucked. When we brought Russell, RWF back, he was a driving force behind it. He was my booker. He was my finish man. He worked with guys like... Um, Jim Spragan on finishes. He was the guy. He became the backbone of this podcast by being the booker and, and a main co-host. Um, but my favorite memory of Steve Kane, I'm going to share, and then this will close. I'll let you guys comment on it. Willie the Bomb Richardson 
and trauma managed by Fee Red for me in 2012 in Sterling, Illinois, where my brother had ran the show with Trauma and Fee Red in 2007 with Willie, and they tagged then. Uh, I re-tagged them in 2012 against Psychotic Jimmy Blaze and Mitch Blake in a tag match. Willie and Trauma went over, and my crowd starts chanting. I think Steve was the ref for this. Black guys won. And I'm in the back just fucking dying. This is my last one. We're into after party anyway. I was fucking dying. I'm like, oh, my God. And I had a couple people that are like, did they really just say that? And they keep repeating it. And I've got the DVD, and I go back and look at it. And, and Steve's like, you know, they could have been ran out of here on rails. And Red's like, I love you, kid, but you ever bring me to this backwards-ass city again. You, you know what I loved about Steve Kane as a rep? You always felt like, like in his promo picks, everything, he wasn't just another rep. He had style. He had the top. He had a look to him. You know what I mean? Like something that if you brought him in to rep for you all the time, you know, that like, he, like an Earl Hebner had the same thing. Little Nate's the same thing. There's some reps that just sometimes you see them and you're like, oh, they they're repping this will be good. You know what I mean? It was one of those right. guys that can do that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to end it for us tonight. This has been Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil on the Evolution Radio Network. want to thank our callers, Jim Spragan, and our brand-new co-host, the Sultan of Slither, Sin, as well as my mother from another country, Chaotic Katie for joining us here tonight. We will be back next week, and we'll get into all of the wrestling news that we didn't get into tonight. Um, I don't think there's any pay-per-views this week. Um, So, uh, if you get a chance... Next weekend. uh, If you get a chance, please go support a local wrestling promotion that you qualify as good. We won't ask you to support crap. Um, Sin, if you go to MWA, be careful. That's that's all I'm going to say to that. I know that you'll, you've got your own. I'm not worried about that. It's just, um, I don't know the shenanigans they might try to pull. I would go with, but I don't, uh, we don't need a nuclear war on our hands by doing yeah. that. No, I just, I, I just want to meet you guys. If I, if I, if I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought I was going to meet, meet them, so I'm just going to, I'll go and I'll meet them. <laughs> you know, I'll um, talk to them about so, some stuff. Me. So, what if, hey, hey, what about me? What about Katie? Go ahead, Katie. What about if I know, I know I did it. I know I did because, yeah, I know what I did. Anyways, um, <laughs> if I'm going to go to a, an indie promotion in this area, whether it be Greektown or Smash, I think it would be Smash because I want to see Rosemary. So, yeah, there's that. I can't wait till she comes back to the city. Can't wait. Wow. Yeah. Katie, tell everybody what time it is. What time is it? <laughs> You don't have to go home, but you sure as hell can't stay here. Get the hell out. I would play that song if I remembered what it was called and the board that Steve labeled that, and I don't know. So good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.